夢にまで見たような世界で争いもなく平和に暮らしたい「もう我慢ばかしてらんないよ言いたいことは言わなくちゃ」「帰り道夕暮れのバス停落ち込んだ背中にバイバイバイ君の」I guess we should get into it. I, I hope I didn't catch you off guard with that, with the sudden、uh, clap at 30. Hey, my clapping was on point, on the second, perfect, absolutely flawless. <laughs> oh, I, I believe you. I, I fully believe you. God,、uh, there was a lot of exposition this week, but you know what? Happy Halloween, Sam. Happy Halloweenies. It, it, it is, in fact, The sacred season, Halloween. We, we, we are recording this on Halloween day. Like, this is how it's going.、Uh, I don't think anything significantly spooky happened this episode, but you know, what can you do? They, they aren't all winners. I've got a full face of makeup. I'm completely done up for Halloweens. Are、good. you actually? Yes. Oh, well, I, that, that's lovely. I, I had no idea. I. Uh, to be frank, I, I'm just record, recording completely shirtless. I, I am not dressed up at all.、Uh, it, it is the laziest podcast attire, but you know, that's just how it goes sometimes. This, <laughs> this, this is It'll Wash Out, a Bleach Rewatch podcast. I'm your co host, Sinna. And I'm your co host, Sam. Do you want to just hop right into it? Let's just get into it. So. As I said, we are starting with episode 112, The Commencement of War, Visored, and Arankar. And there is so much exposition to start this off.、Uh, like, my opening paragraph is huge. We open back up on Ishin cutting down Grand Fisher, and it's like all recap as like the protection charm falls to the ground.、Uh, after Grand Fisher dies, though, Kon sits in amazement, and the mod souls are also just kind of standing around. They're like, yo, what's happening? <laughs> They're just kind of here. <laughs> Well, they're like, we thought we were dead, and then this fucker shows up and is actually like crazy strong. What? Did we actually die? Is this a dream? What is happening? <laughs> God. It, 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 it is very good. Like, I am glad they're here, but they are just kind of standing around, and I think it's very funny.、Uh, Kung just can't believe that this is the same guy as Ichigo's weird dad. And 
Then Urahara shows up, and it seems that Ishin wasn't expecting him, but he definitely knows who Urahara is. Because um, Urahara greets him by name, and Ishin like, also greets Urahara by name. Uh, and Urahara says, it seems he still has all his power intact. Uh, Ishin's like, that's a pretty normal thing coming from you. But it turns out Urahara is just, just, he's just concerned that he would be blamed for, like, a lack of power or skill from Ishin. Uh, which, I, I, I took this to mean, basically, that, oh, uh, Ishin got, like, a guy from Urahara, which is yeah. the implication here. Uh, Ishin's like, I wouldn't have blamed you even if my skills or power had faded, like, it would have been my own fault. Uh, and Uraha's just like, well, how's it feel? How's it feel being a Soul Reaper for the first time in 20 years? And, you know, Dilfman's just like, eh, you know, not bad. It's fine. Um, is like, do you feel better after taking down Grand Fisher? Ishin tells him he didn't actually hate Grand Fisher, but he regrets, like, his weakness to not save Misaki 20 years ago. Um, which makes sense. Or... I does the timeline line up here? Because like I I I I feel like it shouldn't have been twenty years ago. Considering Ichigo is fifteen, I feel like it should have been sooner. But it, it makes it sound like his wording here makes it sound like he regrets uh, has regretted this for twenty years. And I'm like, uh, bud. No, it's so he got the gi guy twenty years ago. Okay. And then the but the Grand Fisher thing is like twelve or thirteen years ago or so. Okay, yeah, that that makes more sense. Like, I I think it was just like weird wording, uh, but yes, that that is what I expected. Yeah, ba- basically, he got his he got the Gigai from Urahara, and since then, including after the birth of Ichigo and during the Grand Fisher thing, he has never like gotten out of it until this day. That makes sense, and now I feel bad for this man. Like, I feel really bad for this man, like, keeping this secret. He's, like, such... He's so, like, melancholy chill. He's like, no, I don't hate Grand Fisher. Like, he was a hollow, and hollows do what hollows do. I'm just sad that I wasn't there to stop it. (laughs) I'm just like, oh. Yeah. Like, it's good characterization. I really like Ashin here, like, a lot. Um, All Hat and Clogs tells him that this part of him hasn't changed, and he's actually just like his son. Which, Ishida's is like, uh, no I'm not. I am nothing like Ichigo. <laughs> How dare you, sir? <laughs> Which is uh, great, because it is absolutely the same reaction that Ichigo would have. Yes, it, it is perfect. It is peak comedy. Uh, basically, uh, after this point, the two start to talk about the Vizard and how they've contacted Ichigo. Uh, and we get, like, a short flash to Shinji, uh, but they're still, like, m- basically talking about this, and they call the visor the Masked Army. Uh, Noba writes this down, which I thought was very funny. It's just like, oh, the Masked Army, Visored. Ooh, I understand. And Shin states that they're a group of outlaw Shinigami who tried to gain hollow powers by using forbidden techniques. Their goals thus far are unknown, but they are not teamed with the Arankar or Shinigami. They hate both of them, basically. Uh, the Visored are preparing for a battle, as they've likely noticed a change in the Arankar. 
Urahara confirms that the Arakar are in fact hollows with broken masks, and Ishin says that they are actually a naturally, uh, naturally occurring phenomenon, uh, and have been encountered before, but this one was more powerful than the ones they've seen before. Uh, he specifically calls Grand Fisher here a mock Arankar, uh, stating that rather than changing naturally over decades, he basically suddenly jumped up a level. He he asks Urahara if he knows what this means, and then before like getting an answer, he just like proceeds to explain. This basically means Aizen has made contact with the mock Arankar and is trying to create a true Arankar using the Hogyoku. So is essentially to break this down, uh, Aizen is trying to create what is a naturally occurring phenomenon in the Hollows that. Like, happens over the course of decades. He's trying to do it basically instantly. Yeah, like, he mentions, hey, like, the state of naturally occurring iron cars has been basically the same for several decades, and now here's one that showed up that was, like, a step above. <laughs> like, just really yeah. suddenly. And we didn't see anything in between. So, yeah, probably eyes are doing some science shit. Which makes sense. Fair assumption, I think. I... I I assume, like, here that Urahara has been, like, keeping Ishin up to date with, like, the goings-on of what has been going on with his son, which would make sense. Like, that that feels normal to me. Um, Urahara here says that the Hogyoku shouldn't be ready for another year, like, at its full power. Um, and Ishin confirms this, stating that while Grand Fisher's spiritual power was strong, it was impure, and he was probably just a test subject. The Arankar are probably only at this level for now, but the Hogyoku is capable of much, much more. Um, he states that Aizen will probably be pushing his research to lead an army of Menos and true Arankar to crush the world. Um, and then he asks Urahara what they should do. Urahara is like, well, whatever we can. Uh, enemy or ally, every side here is going to make some kind of move. The Visor, Karakura, and Soul Society. All gonna be doing something about this. Um, which I, I really like this, honestly. I think this sets up like a really nice tension for what's to come. Mm-hmm. He then notices somebody coming, and Ishin realizes it's Ichigo, and Urahara's well Urahara Urahara's like, well, this would probably be troublesome if he like found out you're a soul reaper. Like there would be a lot of explaining, so let's just all go home. And then we cut to Soul Society for like five seconds because Toshiro receives summons, as do the rest of the other captains. Uh, and Yamamoto greets them and thanks them for coming to this captain's meeting on such short notice. And that's all the time we spend in Soul Society. That's a problem for next week. Yeah. <laughs> we uh, cut to Karakura High. Ichigo's thinking about the past few days, specifically about Shinji. Um... Uh, and he's, like, troubled by Shinji's words of, like, you know, uh, asking uh, Ichigo to join them and all that stuff. Uh, Uryu is also troubled by the past few days, remembering his father's promise to restore his powers so long as he promises not to ally with the Soul Reapers ever again. Orihime and Shinji walk in very shallotly, like, just, like, absolutely, like, they both open with, like, Hi, Ichigo! Just, like, being very loud. Uh, Shinji does a harassment to Orihime. Keiko freaks out. Chizuru does her same shtick of predatory lesbian under the guise of protecting Orihime. And it all just really sucks. 
Keiko's the only, like, good character at this point. Like, it, like, when a scene makes you go, yeah, I'm absolutely on Keiko's side here, you're like, wait a second. <laughs> yeah, like, it, it is the most tone-deaf thing I've ever seen, because, like, Ichigo and Uryu are having trouble. Like, they're both brooding at their desks, and then there's this, like, very clear moment where Orihime is very clearly uncomfortable. Like, it, it's mainly just, like, Shinji being overly friendly and, like, hugging her and then, like, putting his hand on her shoulder. And it's really gross because, like, it none of this is consensual. He just does it. Um, and Keiko's like, dude, you can't just do that. And then Chizuru tries to, like, be like, oh, she's innocent. She would never say if it, anything bad's happening to her. I will protect you, blah, blah, blah. And it's it all just really fucking sucks. Um... Ichigo grabs Shinji by the shirt, though, and drags him outside, and everybody's like, uh, what's going on here? They're like, we were um, doing slapstick. That that kid looks like he's about to murder someone. <laughs> yeah! Like, it, it is an immediate total shift, and, like, frankly, I was grateful. He slams Shinji against the wall outside and tells him to apologize, but, like, explains that that's not what he's specifically upset about. Like... That's not why he dragged Shinji out here. Um, he asks why Shinji is still coming to the school and is like, why are you still here if you failed to recruit me? Like, go somewhere else. I don't want you here. Um, and Shinji is like, did you really think I'd give up so easily? I'm going to hang around until you say yes. Once you become a visor, you can't go back. You're already on our side. Um, and it's, like, it's ominous, like, it, it's, it's decent, like, it, it is basically what he has already been saying, but, like, it, it does, like, speak to Ichigo's fears, because he, like, starts going in and saying, your inner hollow's already, like, getting out of hand, like, eventually it's going to consume you, and you are going to lose your mind and destroy everything close to you, like, your future, your friends, everything, you're gonna pull it in and destroy it. And he's like, so why not come with me? Because I can teach you how to control it. Uh, and Totsuki's watching all of this just, like, silently from afar. Uh, I do really like this scene. Like, this particular scene, I like. Yeah, like, the change in tone from Shinji going to, like, I'm just a little guy, it's my birthday, don't hit me, to, motherfucker, do you think I'm gonna give up just because you said no once? Like, you're <laughs> you're gonna join us because... You already are the thing you're you already are the thing that we are, and your choices are essentially allow yourself to get consumed or join us. So at some point, you're going to just join us. So I'm gonna stick around until you do. And it's like he gets such a threatening look on his face when he says that you're like, holy shit, alright. I think I like Shinji, but it's like a complicated situation of I only like Shinji when he's not being like a fucking doofus. Because, like, yeah. there are some times where he's being silly that I like him, but, like, other times it's just, like, annoying and gross. Uh, and there's, like, more of that this episode. But, like, when he is being serious and scary like this, I really like Shinji. Mm -hmm. Back in class, Ichigo blows Keigo off, and Mizuriro's like, he just gets like that sometimes, but Keigo thinks something's up. Uh, thinks something else is up. Uh... 
there, there's like a little bit here about Keiko being like, oh, I'm getting left out. I'm getting distanced from everybody. I hate all of you. And like, it's okay. Like, it, it, it's basically the same joke we've seen from Keiko, but like, you know, it's okay. I really enjoy Mizuhiro at this point being like, whatever do you mean, Miss, <laughs> like, Mr. Keigo? <laughs> <laughs> He's like specifically going Asano-san, which is very <laughs> funny. Uh, I, I really liked that. Um, <laughs> little goblin, <laughs> very, very terrible good. little goblin man. <laughs> I, I love Mizuhiro. I think he's like really funny still. Um, like, I, I think he's a really good, uh, like, straight man to Kago's slapstick. Very good. Um, Shinji walks home complaining to himself about, like, Ichigo not joining and how, like, dreadful going to school is and all of this. Uh, and then he's kicked by a foot we haven't seen before. Uh, the camera pulls out to reveal a young looking girl with a red track, uh, with a red track jacket, a sword, and blonde pigtails, and she looks annoyed as all hell. Shinji calls her Hiori, and she kicks her sandal into the air and grabs it, and then smacks Shinji with it across the face, which I think is an incredible maneuver. It's it's such like a smooth little motion where she just like lifts her leg and just does the little motion, grabs it out of the air, and then she's like, listen here, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just like berating him for taking so long to recruit Ichigo. It's it, it's a good moment. Uh, Shinji's like trying to explain, and Hiori's like, "Dude, you gotta do it. Just take him by force. What are you waiting for?" Uh, and then Chad and Orihime just show up here. <laughs> uh, and Hiori like looks at them for a second, and then headbutts Shinji, and is like, "I can't believe you were followed. You fucking idiot." Orihime explains that they're here because if they had asked Ichigo, he'd probably try to hide it. He'd probably try to hide it and say it was nothing. So they came to ask Shinji who he was in person. He was like, "Did you really think you'd get an answer that easily?" Anyway, my name's Hiori Sarugaki. <laughs> I was just like, "Okay." <laughs> but uh she she states her name and then demands their names in return. Orihime and Chad comply, and Hiori's like, Wow! Tiger and a princess! That's pretty impressive. We're just a monkey in a flat. <laughs> and she's just like, Why am I the only not-living thing? <laughs> Which I thought was okay. I thought that was a pretty alright joke. Shinji tells her to not make such forced comparisons, and gets promptly hit, because of course. Or Hiori calls Orihime, annoying, and then references her boobs as part of this, because of course. Shinji calls her jealous and gets hit hit again, and I do really like the faces that Orihime and Chad are making here, but the rest of this joke just did not really land for me. Uh, is like, well, anyway, we have nothing to tell you. You're gonna die here. And she, like, starts unsheathing her sword, but Shinji just grabs her and runs off. Uh, and is like, well... We should probably go after them. And Chad's like, no, wait. We're side characters. We'll die. <laughs> yeah, he's like... <laughs> like, you, sh you should be able to tell at the speed this fucker's running, we can't catch up. But also, she really was going to kill us. Like, I'm pretty certain she was actually going to just straight up murder us. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this next part, like... I, I do really enjoy the slapstick of, like, 
Shinji is basically running through the air, like, above Karakura Town, with Hiori just, like, over his shoulder. And the two are, like, arguing and fighting. Um, I do enjoy this. Shinji tells her not to cause unnecessary trouble. Uh, and then they, like, they basically start poking each other in the butt. Like, if you've seen Naruto, it's basically the Thousand Years of Death move, where they, they're just doing that. And Hiori makes some comment about not being able to get married before they calm down. Uh, it, that part, not as good. Uh, the English term is goosing. Oh, good to, good to know. Good to know. Hiori says she hates humans and soul reapers. And Shinji's like, I know, but you just need to wait a little longer. Sad bleach music plays. And then we cut to Ryuken's office as Uryu enters. And is like, okay, I agree to your terms, restore my powers. And then the episode ends right there. He also, well, he also says, I will never associate with Soul Reapers or their associates again. Yes, uh, he, like I said, he agrees to the, uh, Ryuken's terms, basically. Which, I, I could have just said that, but yes, that, exactly. Overall... This episode was very exposition heavy um, with like, I, I think the slapstick didn't really work for me because a lot of it was just kind of gross. Um, but like the actual like exposition we got, I liked a lot. Like I do really like seeing these characters interact when it's like not trying to be funny in like a really dumb and gross way. Uh, and I do, I do like Hiori and Shinji, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're pretty fun characters. They're they have like a far different dynamic than most of the uh, like pairs that we've seen, like pairs of characters who show up so far. Yeah, uh, it, I I am very excited to meet the rest of the visor because like very clearly this is not all of them. Uh, like I don't think it's a spoiler to say this is not all of the visor. Um, but it I I am excited to meet the rest of them. Like, I, I want to know more about these characters. I I really hope they drop the gross slapstick next week. Um, how, how is the manga this week? How, how are the differences? Uh, so there weren't really any differences, although there was one. Uh, so the, the first, like, two pages, it's set up as, like, here's a page of Ichigo brooding about the hollow stuff and Shinji in class. And then the other, the next page, so... It's like the same two-page spread. The next page is Uryu also in class brooding about his um, about his dad. And it's just like, it's setting up this like dichotomy between them. And then the cover page of the chapter, which is um, chapter 189, for anyone who wants to go see it. Uh, it's like just this really cool picture of Uryu and Ichigo like in verse. Uh, which makes it feel like it's going to be, it's going to focus a lot more on their like, shared struggle but <laughs> but Uru kind of disappears from the story until the end yeah no i i like this a lot this is a, a cool uh like cover page uh what about the post credits bit or is there anything more you wanted to add no that's it and then the post credit scene is just we've got kira renji and hisaki who are walking through soul society uh there's like a faceless soul reaper mook who just bows to hisaki and the other two are like that's weird. 
that guy's in squad seven. He's not in your team. Why is he like saying hi to you and bowing to you? And he's like, oh, yeah, we became friends during the Bound Arc. Don't worry about it. Happened off screen. God, I I have been surprised by how much they have mentioned the bounce since like starting back up on like main content. Like I am honestly surprised they keep mentioning it. It is pretty funny. And then Kira's like, you know, that makes me think. Uh, Squad 7's vice captain, Tetsuzaimon, he's been complaining that his subordinates don't respect him as much. <laughs> God. <laughs> it's like, man, this guy never catches a break. <laughs> I feel like every time he gets brought up in the story, it's so the story could shit on him. Yeah, it, it it's a shame, because like, I, I want to like more characters. It's just like... There are a lot of characters in Bleach who feel like throwaway jokes, and that that's a shame. That's a, that's a big shame. Tetsuzaimon is the man who had, like, a 90-degree spin turn while kneeling, and he, he slid, like, f- like, five feet in order to give, like, the perfect, like, head-on-floor kneeling position to ask forgiveness for something. He's clearly <laughs> the most interesting vice-captain we've seen so far, and yet. And, and yet. God. Oh, you want to cut to break? Let's cut to break. Then let's get back into it with episode 113, Prelude to the Apocalypse, the Arankar's Offensive. So, at the start of this episode, there's, there's like, a recap of the previous episode, but there's also recap of the one before it, and there's more recap of the episode two episodes ago here than there is in the previous episode. It's so weird. Uh, although one tonal thing that they do is, for the first seven minutes of this episode, they don't show Ichigo's face in every scene that Ichigo is in, because he's, like very like sad and forlorn throughout this sequence you don't see his face at all which is just like really good like atmospheric stuff uh regardless the episode opens with a loving fatherly elbow to directly to chigo's face and he just like takes it and goes down it this this made me like actively question like Ishin's fathering dynamic here because while like obviously not great to do that to your kid like it, it's mainly been used for slapstick before and this time it's just like oh Ichigo are you good yeah he just like falls like a sack of bricks and everyone is shocked that he didn't counter or fight back and Ishin goes like he goes off on a rant about like oh you probably have like a shitty test score well don't worry about test scores or whatever like focus on the romantic side of life etc etc etc. Ichigo just he just says like I'm just gonna go to my room and everyone's like oh god what's happening yeah yeah like Con- he does not even really respond to any of this he's just like I'm going to my room and that that's it and it. Like, even if you had never seen this show before, you would just be like, oh my god, Ichigo, my poor boy, are you okay? <laughs> uh, like, Khan greets him in his room, and he just, just gets completely ignored. At least until he asks if anything's up with Ishin, at which point Lilin comes in from off-screen to kick him in the head, and she's like, don't fucking say anything. They told us <laughs> to stay quiet. Yeah. Oh, Ichigo just, like lays down like face down on the bed and he he asked them if he could leave if they could leave him alone and they do they just like 
they they leave the room to let him mope. And it's just like, oh, oh god, Ichigo, my heart. It, it's like, I, I am really glad that they do leave him alone. I, I really could have done without the cone trying to be slapstick here, because he's like, fine, whatever, I don't need you, you don't need me, I'm going out. And, like, it, it's supposed to be played as funny, but I'm just too concerned about Ichigo to care about that, you know? Like, he's just, like, so depressed, and I'm like, buddy... So Funny. I I kind of liked Co- the Cone bit here because Cone says that he leaves. Liren's like, wait, what the fuck? We're leaving just because he told us to? And then, she, like, he clearly needs help. Uh, but she follows Khan. And then once they're outside and she asks for, like, she asks for clarification, he's like, listen, when you're freeloading at someone's house, sometimes you got to be considerate of what they want. <laughs> and it's like, okay, well, he's doing the thing that Ichigo asked him to do. He just didn't want to admit he was doing it. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, like, I, I do like the second part. It's just, like, in the moment, the slapstick is, like, uh, I don't need this. But, like, afterwards, yes, it is, like, in retrospect, better. I do like it. Yeah, Ichigo, meanwhile, is thinking about how uh, once he tore off the hollow mask the first time, it would keep showing up. And since then, uh, he could hear the hollow inside of him, like louder and louder and getting closer and closer and he can hear the hollow saying that he'll swallow him up and take over and as he's worrying about all this Karen shows up asking like hey what's wrong and he tries to brush her off but she tells him she knows he's a soul reaper we cut over I, to so- I love this scene I, I love this confrontation I, I've been waiting for this and I love it it's pretty good because like, oh right, yeah, this is this is the thing that Ichiko is like very scared about, and it's also it's the reason why Shinji's words are ringing true. Yeah. Over in Soul Society, the science division are bored of being on lookout, and they just then they get a huge reading just as something falls from the sky and lands near Karakura Town. We go back to Ichigo's room, and because uh, you know he's like. Soul Reaper, what the fuck are you talking about? And Karen's like, <laughs> don't, don't. <laughs> like, yeah. just do not. Uh, but before she could really say anything, they f- they both feel just this massive spirit pressure. And basically everyone in town is like, wait, holy shit, what's that? It, it's, it's really good. I, like, at first, like, when I was initially watching this, at first I was like, I don't know how I feel about this getting cut off, but... I do actually really like that it leaves this, like, really unresolved tension of this confrontation that, like, we know has to happen, but it just does not get to happen here. Like, it has started, but it's getting cut short, and I think it leaves this really nice uh, lack of resolution. Mm -hmm. Especially since as Ichigo, like, tries to leave... Like, Karen tries to stop him because she's like, hold on, like, you're not explaining anything, there was the giant explosion, like, what the fuck is happening? And he just, first he pulls out of her grip, and then he, like, leaves his body to go into Soul Reaper mode and leave. And I was like, you could have just, like, used the thing while she was holding on to you, I get, like, (laughs) I feel like the extra pulling away is a little more mean. It, it is, but, you know, I, I guess he's not thinking straight right now. Like, he, I'll, I'll cut him some slack here just because, you know, he's a depressed boy. Yeah, and then we cut back to Soul Society for two seconds just for someone to tell Captain Yamamoto, hey, um, we're pretty sure these are fully developed Arangar from the readings that we're getting. 
we see the two Arankar. Uh, there's a bigger one, Yami, who complains that the human world's boring and the air tastes like shit. And his shorter compatriot just tells him, I could have done all this alone. You're the one who complained and came here with me. Like, <laughs> stop complaining. This is your fault. It, it is essentially... Th- it is essentially the Vegeta Nappa dynamic, except Vegeta's just extremely emo. Yes. <laughs> just very long black tear streaks come going down his his like pure white face. Um, Yami climbs out of the crater. He gets mad at the crowd who's gathered since they're like they're, all of them are just incredibly weak, and he's like, "Oh well, they're all eyesores." So he just slurps up all the souls around him, like he just. He just starts sucking in the air, and everyone around him, like, falls dead on the ground. And then we, like, cut to in town, where hundreds of other souls are also being sucked up into the air. It's like, oh, this is actually kind of horrifying. Yeah, it's fucking scary. Like, it, it, it would be one thing if it was just, oh, people are dying. But he's, like, actively, like, he actually pulls in breath here. He is actively sucking their souls dry. And it is terrifying. Like, it immediately sets the stakes here. Chad and Lady Hime are running through town, and they, like, they walk, they run next to a guy who just drops dead as his soul leaves his body. And Chad even, like, has to say, like, don't stop to try to heal him, he's already dead. And then as, as they keep running, we get, like, a voiceover flashback of Chad telling Orihime, hey, I know you want to fight, but... You can heal people and I can't. So when we get there, take the survivors and run. Like, because if you get hurt, like, everyone dies. I do appreciate this. It does feel like it... It it does feel like Chad is trying to write Orihime out of the show again. (laughs) Like, that's not really what happens over the course of this episode, but it does feel like that's what it's trying to do, and that sucks. But I do appreciate that it's very much like... Orihime, you are extremely useful, just not like this. You need to be safe. Yeah, and then we cut back to the landing site where Yami's like, These souls suck. They taste like garbage. And his partner's (laughs) like, Okay, look, there's only like three people in the world who might pose a problem to us. And we're here to kill one of them. Like a single one of them. Uh, But... As they're looking around, it looks like there was a single survivor from Yami's soul slurping. And it turns out it's Tatsuki. Aw, <laughs> oh, shit. Aw, oh, shit. God. So, she survived, but she still, like, collapsed, and she could see them. And Yami asks, and she's like, is she the one I'm supposed to kill? But his partner, Okiora, says, well... Obviously not, because standing next to her is almost killing her. Like, that's how powerful you are. Clearly, she's not the person we're here. Uh, so he reaches back to kick her, and it's it's blocked by Chad, while Urihime puts herself uh, between Tatsuki and everyone else. Chad once again tells Urihime to leave. Yami asks, is this the guy we're supposed to kill? <laughs> and the response is just like, oh my god, you big baby, try and figure it out yourself. You should be able to sell to tell that this guy is also trash. It is extremely just DBZ abridged series Nappa. Like that is extremely the read I get on fucking Yami. Extremely that. Yeah. Uh Chad goes in for an attack, but like we see a giant explosion and also 
a slow motion backhand that just sends him flying bloody and unconscious, his arm absolutely shredded. Orihime turns back and rushes to his side. Yami tries to attack her with a single finger, because obviously all these people are trash. And she does block the blow with her shield. Uh, and starts healing Chad, which Olkira notices, uh, like, kind of fucked. Because <laughs> it's like, is she healing? That's not healing. That's like some fucked up time-space reversal. What is what is going on here? I really liked this. I, I, I think it's great that Olkira, like, picks up on that. And I, I, I just, overall, really liked this part. Yeah, like, Orihime looks like a badass as she's doing this. Because at first she tells herself... I need to hang on until Ichigo gets here. Like, I just I just need to keep myself and chat alive. It's just like, wait, no, fuck that. Hold on. I can do this shit on my own. I went to Soul Society twice and I wasn't able to help. Well, fuck that. I can't be a burden to Ichigo. She summons Tsubaki and she pours, like, all of her desire to protect into the attack. And it looks fucking badass. And then Yami just stops it with a single hand. Like, the attack just bounces off his palm, and Tsubaki fucking disintegrates. Like, <laughs> into a million pieces. I really wish... I, I, I genuinely wish that Orihime were able to do anything here. Uh, specifically, I it just feels like another reason to make her feel weak. And, like, that sucks to me, because I don't think... Like, I, I don't remember... Uh, like, everything else about Bleach, but I don't think she's going to get that moment where she becomes powerful enough to actually stand up to somebody like this, and that really sucks, because it, it feels like they keep almost giving her the chance to, and then just cutting her short, and that that feels bad to me. Like, I understand that the purpose here is they build up as if it's going to be, like, a big triumphant moment for Urihime, and it looks fucking great. And then the idea is, no, you don't understand. These guys are on another level. They're just so much more powerful. The problem is, if the people that... It's the wharf issue, in that if the people that you're jobbing are the people who always job, then yeah. it doesn't make your character feel powerful because these characters literally never win a fight. <laughs> so... It, it is... It is literally the problem we have with, like, most of the women in Bleach, where we're told they're powerful and, and important. Chad. <laughs> and Chad. Uh, we're told they're powerful and important, but anytime they actually get any action, we're shown the complete opposite. So it's this complete, like, it, it doesn't know what it's trying to do, or it does, and it's doing it poorly. It, it's, it's, it's annoying, and, like, I really wish this wasn't the case. Yeah, if I like if I had to rewrite the scene, I would make it so the attack comes out so fast, it cuts Yami's shoulder a little bit and, and surprises him, and then Okura like smashes Tsubaki into the fucking ground. And boom, that's it, she can't use Tsubaki anymore. Right? Uh yeah, just to, like just to show that like, oh, she managed to like nick him and it was it was strong enough to surprise him, but also no, she's clearly outmatched. Because otherwise it's like, well, we can't even, at this point, we can't really tell if Yami is stronger than the first Shinigami that she and Ishida encountered during their original rescue operation for Rukia. Because it's yeah. the same effect. <laughs> it's more I, impressive visually, but it's the same effect, and she hasn't had any other fights since, really. 
She's had bounce stuff, but she didn't really do much into bounce stuff. Yeah, like, I think, like, I agree with you. If I had to just rewrite this scene, that is probably how I would do it. But I think ideally, uh, to show that Orihime has grown, like, what I would have done if I were in charge of this show, uh, like, is I would have really liked to see an episode, just, like, an episode of Orihime, like, fighting back and, like, obviously struggling, but actually holding her own to some extent while waiting for Ichigo, because while it is, like, Ichigo, like, left immediately upon hearing this, and it does make sense that he gets here so quickly, I think it would have been really nice to get that and actually see Orihime doing something. Like, maybe even just half an episode, you know? Like... I would have really liked to see her actually get to do something and not get immediately cut down. Yeah, because as, as it is, she attacks, the attack gets blocked, her her fairy just gets disintegrated, and then just as Yami's going in for the kill, uh, Ichigo shows up, and the episode ends. Yeah. And it's a shame. Like, I think it's a really big missed opportunity here. Like, I think it, I think the scene is still cool, I, I think it has its merit, but I, I think as a result of what you said, them just, like, jobbing the same character over and over and over, like, it, it just doesn't ring true, and it doesn't show us that she is powerful or has grown at all. And then the post-credits is, we see Renji rushing over to the Six Squad's office, apologizing for being late, because there was a crowd at the hairstylist. And then he asks, well, hey, Captain... Your hair is always perfect. Do you have, like, a personal hairdresser? And Byakuya says no. He uses Senban Zakura to cut his hair. <laughs> At Renji's shocked shout, he adds, It's a joke. Which relaxes Renji. Until he realizes, Wait, hold on. No, that's even more insane. This got a fucking belly laugh out of me. This was incredibly good. Byakuya's making jokes? <laughs> 10 out of 10, like, I, this was, this is what this should be. Very, very good post-credits. There's only one, uh, change in the, in the manga, which I think, I, I don't know why the, the anime changed this, because, so, we get the flashback of Chad telling Orihime, hey, take the wounded and leave once we get there. That flashback happens after Chad gets his shit kicked in. Okay. Like, Orihime sees Chad go down, and then she gets the flashback to when they were running, and he says this, and she realizes, oh, Chad must have realized when we were on our way that we are both severely outclassed, and he was telling me this in the hope that I might be able to save a couple of lives and survive, while he, like, stopped their advance for a couple of minutes. I, I do think I like this like placement of that more uh like the uh, manga placement of that more it still just retains the same problem that i already have with it but i don't think it's worth like dwelling on that yeah and the only other change is the anime like severely lessened the gore because chad gets fucked up <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm taking a look oh my god like holy shit <laughs> his arm gets fucked up it, it is it is not well uh yeah so that's uh that's basically all the mega changes this time this time around 
I, I'm glad they're like sticking to the manga. I, I'm really hoping with like Bleach coming back, because uh, like I'm pretty sure it got like a later time slot. Muppet, now is not the time to yell. Please do not yell. We are we are getting close to the end of this podcast. You do not need to yell. Um, but uh, with like Bleach having like a later time slot, I am hoping it is a little less censored because like. Well, I understand that violence isn't good for violence's sake. Like, I I have a silly brain, and, like, I, I read manga, and I go, ooh, cool cool violence, and I'm like, ooh, yes, this is good. Uh, and I, I would like to see it be a bit more on par with the manga in that sense, so I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for that. I mean, Bleach that. already isn't that... The anime does a lot of, like this person's got stabbed and here's an actual river of blood pouring out. Like, yeah. they, they already do a lot of that in the anime. Yeah, like, I, I don't think the anime's bad. I just think, like, I, I would like to see it be closer to the manga in that sense because I have always liked, like, the big, you know, two-page spread where somebody gets cut in half or whatever, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, 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 have, I have a simple brain sometimes, and sometimes that just fills me with the power to read more manga, I guess. So, before we end this podcast out, I have a surprise segment for you, Sam. What is this surprise segment, Sina? I, I have prepared some Halloween questions for you. They're, they are very simple, but I, I thought this would be fun. Uh, so my, my first question for you is, who is the spookiest character in Bleach, excluding Mayuri? <laughs> hmm. The spookiest character in Bleach. I'm going to say it's Burahara. That, that was a three out of ten. That was a three out of ten. That was... <laughs> I, I'm laughing because Burahara is gonna stick in my brain forever. But Sam, come on! <laughs> Listening audience, I think all of y'all would agree that if you if you keep thinking about the answer, that means it's the right answer. <laughs> I, I do I, I do think you're right. Uh, my my second question for you is: It's the Holopocalypse. Excluding Ichigo's group, of course, which three characters do you choose for your hollow slaying team? Ishin, Urahara, and Yat and uh I would I I wasn't trying to say Yachiru, but you know what? Sure, let's go with Yachiru. <laughs> I was gonna ask, I was like, were you about to say Yachiru? But okay, yeah, no, sure. Like I, I knew Ishin was gonna be in there. I knew Ishin was gonna be in there. I was waiting for it, and I'm so glad you delivered. Thank He's you. He's a father. He knows how to. He knows how to like. He knows how to cook. He knows how to survive. Like, and he's incredibly he, strong. Like, he cut down Grand Fisher in one hit. Like, come on. <laughs> Urahara is going to have like it's the apocalypse, but he's going to have like a portable tent and like he's going to have like capsule core bullshit like pocket houses. <laughs> yeah, he's your supply guy. And then Yachiru is the chaos element. <laughs> As we all know from our time in It'll Wash Out, everybody needs a little chaos, you know? Exactly. Okay, so I've got three more questions, uh, and these all take place at the same premise, which is, it is the Soul Society Halloween dance. Who wins the costume contest, and what are they dressed as? Mm, I think the... I think the person who wins is uh, Zaraki, 
because Ooh. Yachiru dresses him up as like a freaky scarecrow and everyone is either too terrified of him or laughing on the ground and they all vote for him. <laughs> I love that. I actually love that. I, I, I didn't know what to expect going into that question, but I, I love that one. Good for him. Good for good for Zoraki. Who's tearing up the dance floor? Uh, Ruki and Renji as platonic life partners. You know, that's fair. That's totally fair. Like, both of them went, so the dance is tonight, yeah... Bunch of losers are going, yeah, none of us have a a date. Nope. Want to go and just, like, dance up a storm? Sure. Let's go. Hell yeah. I I, I love that for them. That's very good. I don't think either of them would be that good at dancing. Like, maybe Renji would be, but I don't think Rukia would be that good at dancing. Rukia is, like, doing the sprinkler. (laughs) Oh, I, I love this. Oh, I can see it in my mind's eye. And Renji's like, let me show you this dance I picked up while I was in the human world. And he does the lawnmower. (laughs) (laughs) And both of them are like, ah, ah, ah. And all the other vice captains are like, what are you, what? (laughs) (laughs) Then Rukia's like, hold on, I'm getting tired. I'm going to go get some juice. Can you get this straw for me? God. Oh, I love this. And my final question is, who is crowned Halloween royalty? Hmm. I'm going to go with Isane and Byakuya. Ooh. I, I, I was expecting Byakuya, but I was not expecting Isane. Why made you choose her? Pranks all around. Yachiru's a gremlin. Yeah, that's, that's fair. That's totally fair. All right. Well, that wraps up my Halloween questions. I just thought that'd be a fun little thing to add just for a a proper little celebration. Thank you, as always, for listening. You can find us on Twitter at BleachCast. That sounded extremely stilted, but I'm keeping it in. You can find me on Twitter at Lavender underscore pause. You can find me on Twitter at (laughs) SSBSLJ. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> you can't. How dare you? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, I, I completely forgot what uh, Sam's uh, ending bit was last week because we hadn't done it in so long. Because for, for ages, it was just the vampire quotes. And then I forgot it was quotes from the manga. But here we are. Thank you, as always, for listening. I hope you have a great week. Stay cool, chads. Remember, pain is temporary. Film is forever. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs>